Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening around the world. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Alexander, and you're listening to Ivy Exec Insights, a weekly podcast brought to you by Ivy Exec, an elite network of global thought leaders. You can visit us at ivyexec.com and join our growing executive network. In today's episode, you'll have a chance to hear Considering a change to nonprofit, how to successfully make the switch and land a job. Led by our guest, Marsha Bellinger, co founder and principal of an executive search firm, Bellinger Leafblad. In this session, we'll discuss how to break out of an unsatisfying corporate role and find something new, how to land mission driven work in the nonprofit world, as well as how to transfer your corporate skill to a nonprofit organization. Enjoy the show. Great. Thank you so much. And thank all of you for joining in today to talk about nonprofits. There, there are some things that I know for sure. One of them is that nonprofit organizations are awesome. And you're here today because you probably agree with that. You might be a volunteer, you might be a board member, you might be active in your community and in civic activities. And you know that nonprofits are an important part of any community and any region providing services to individuals and families that touch lives and touch hearts. So we're all here today because we believe that nonprofits do important work and they are awesome. We also know, I know, that there is a tidal wave of interest in working at nonprofits that has increased significantly over the last several years. It can be competitive, potentially, to uh, consider moving into the nonprofit sector, which is why I think we're here today, to put our best foot forward and learn some tips to make sure that we have our best opportunity to land the position in the nonprofit sector because there is increased competition for those jobs. And then the third thing I know for sure is that many people who have an interest in the nonprofit sector and an intention around moving into the nonprofit sector drop out. They drop out because it's hard to get a job at a nonprofit moving in from a different industry. So let's talk a little bit about that. There is an appeal to working at nonprofits for any number of reasons, the missions, the work, the camaraderie, the collaboration, the contributions. And I ask people who call me, and people do call me uh, because I am with an executive search firm who specializes and has for many, many years in the placement of executives in nonprofits. So that's all I've done is place executives at nonprofits for many, many years. And I know what it takes to get a job at a nonprofit. But the first thing that I ask people who are thinking about moving from somewhere else, corporate, business, government, healthcare, academic, whatever, into a traditional nonprofit, is I ask people, are you up for the challenge? And somebody even said to me, Marsha, you know, the first chapter of your book is really challenging people whether they truly are interested, willing, and able to put forward the effort to get to a nonprofit. And I said, that's right. It's a necessary question. 
if I am seeking a job at a nonprofit coming from, let's just say, a business background, it will take me more time. Do I have more time? If I'd like a job in four months, it might take six or eight months to land at a nonprofit. Do I have the time? Secondly, am I willing to put forward the effort? I might have to make twice as many networking contacts and make twice as many applications and have twice as many interviews in order to land that position? Am I willing to put forward the effort? At the end of that search, if I land an offer from a nonprofit, it will probably be at less pay than I've made, again, in business. Am I in a position or is my family in a position to take a cut in pay? If I am willing to take the time, put forward the effort, take a cut in pay, do I understand that when I move into a nonprofit position from anywhere else, I'm gonna have a steep learning curve. And instead of being the smartest person in the room, I might be the least smart person in the room. Am I okay with a strong, steep learning curve. If I ask all of those questions and the person I'm talking to on the phone says, yes, I still am interested, I say, great. Then let's talk about how to get there. So I'd like to talk about two things first. One, the most, the most common question that people ask me, these hundreds and hundreds of people who've called me over the years, usually people coming out of a corporate background saying that they have an interest moving into a nonprofit. The most common question that people ask me is, Marsha, what do nonprofits want? What are nonprofits looking for? And I'm gonna start by answering that particular question by saying, it's impossible to answer that question. The question, what are nonprofits looking for, is like asking, what are for-profits looking for? And when you think about it, you really wouldn't contact an individual in your network and say, what are for-profit organizations looking for? It's a little too broad, right? manufacturing? Do you mean banking? Do you mean retail? Do you mean professional services? Are you talking about financial executive positions or sales or engineering? You, you can't just call someone and say, what is a for-profit organization looking for? It's a little ridiculous. And yet, that's the most common question that people call and ask me, what are nonprofits looking for? And it's impossible to answer for the same reason it's impossible to answer what are for-profits looking for. So the first part of what I might need to do as a potential candidate is, is hone in somewhat. What type of a nonprofit am I looking for? Am I looking to work at a trade association? Those are nonprofits. Am I looking to do work with youth organizations? Those are nonprofits. Am I looking to work at a foundation or in philanthropy? Those are found. Those are nonprofits. Um, am I looking to be the CEO or am I looking to be in the back room? A uh, bit of specificity will help tremendously as I start to think about 
my journey into a potential position at a nonprofit. What type of nonprofit, animal welfare or museums, higher education or women's advocacy? What type of job, the CEO, a fundraiser, a programs executive, a volunteer? That type of specificity will be helpful as I start my journey. And you and your family and your friends and your network might help you to figure out where you might fit best. And so an early question for your network uh, might be, where could you see me plugging in in the nonprofit sector? So number one, we're going to want to get a little bit of uh, centeredness as we start the journey toward a nonprofit. But let's go back to that first question. What do nonprofits want? And, and yes, it's impossible to answer a question that broad, but I can say some things. I can talk about what nonprofits do want uh, often um, and some common themes. And then I can also tell you for sure what nonprofits don't want. And there are some themes there as well. So uh, let's start by talking a little bit about what nonprofits do want and some themes that you might find if you are exploring the nonprofit sector, or even if you're uh, wondering about exploring the nonprofit sector. Nonprofits do want talent that can generate revenue. And in that instance, that's fundraising. If you are seeking to be the executive director of a nonprofit, the president of a nonprofit, on the executive team of a nonprofit, there is a good chance that even if your title isn't chief advancement officer in charge of fundraising, you'll be called in to do fundraising in some capacity. So think about your own background. Have you participated in fundraising? Have you been a board member where you've been in charge of assisting with galas or bringing in donors to an organization? Uh, how have you been involved in generating revenue from philanthropic sources? Possibly your background in sales and marketing in a corporate setting will have value, but it won't be transferable uh, in an identical sort of way. Fundraising is fundraising in the nonprofit sector, and people spend decades of their life honing their skills in fundraising, getting advanced degrees and certifications in fundraising. Fundraising is as complex as any other field. So uh, one can't assume that because I've been a salesperson, I'll also be a great fundraiser. There, there's a lot of difference. So, but do think about what you have done. Have you done some fundraising, grant writing, gala planning, donor calls, uh, letters of fundraising for an annual campaign, those types of things. Anything you bring in that regard will probably be perceived as valuable and useful to uh, in the nonprofit sector. The second thing that a nonprofit is going to look for thematically, generally, is content expertise. Content expertise in the work of that organization. So just as though you have content expertise in the insurance industry or in plastics 
or in adult education or whatever it is that you currently work in, nonprofit organizations have their own thought leadership and sector and uh, content and programmatic work that they provide. If they are a uh, nonprofit organization that does funding for daycares, um, what do you know about the daycare sector? What do you know about nonprofit funding? If it's an organization that provides uh, emergency services for victims of domestic violence, what might you know about 24-7 services or shelters or facilities or 24-7 call-in? Um, what type of experience do you have in that might relate to a nonprofit? I've certainly placed executives to run the food shelf who came out of General Mills and had foods background. So maybe your corporate experience lends itself to some work. I've placed uh, attorneys that were managing partners at law firms to run the Immigrant Law Center or the ACLU or the Bar Association. So maybe your work experience might lend itself to nonprofit work. Maybe you have lived experience that would lend itself to that nonprofit work. Maybe you've been a longtime volunteer for organizations that serve individuals with disabilities and you've got really deep knowledge of, of that sector. Think about that when you think about uh, where you might consider applying or uh, pursuing your interests. Nonprofits typically across the board have a heightened sense of the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And you will be asked about your uh, cultural competence, your ability to work with stakeholders and clients that come from very diverse backgrounds. You will be asked how you have advanced equity and inclusion in your own work, in your department, in your division, in your organization, maybe in your personal life. How have you worked to advance equity and inclusion? That simply is a cornerstone of most nonprofits. And you will absolutely be asked about how you have applied and how you have personally pushed, moved the needle on issues around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And you'll also be asked around um, how you connect with diverse groups of stakeholders. You might also be asked to talk about board experience. If you are thinking about a leadership position, maybe you think I'd be great as an executive director of a nonprofit, or I think my experience lends itself to be a vice president at a nonprofit. Those positions will be closely connected, most likely with the board of directors at a nonprofit. And you'll be asked about your own experience working on boards of directors, with boards of directors, for boards of directors, uh, specifically in nonprofits would be best. So have you served on a nonprofit board? Have you been a volunteer on a nonprofit board committee? If you have, that's very additive experience. It gives you a leg up to understand how nonprofits work, how they operate and what that relationship is between the executive team at a nonprofit and uh, the volunteer board members. There is a rhythm to the uh, turnover on nonprofit boards with 
terms and uh, board terms and your ability to connect with new board members and work with a changing group of volunteer board members is an important skill in virtually every nonprofit. Many jobs within nonprofits have a required external relations, government relations component. There's often a need for sort of all hands on deck of leaders of nonprofits to represent the organization from time to time externally. How comfortable are you if you were asked to give community presentations? How comfortable would you be if you were asked to attend various events and talk about the work of the organization as an ambassador for the organization? Uh, to the extent to which you've done that, to the extent to which you've done work with government and you've got contacts uh, that include elected officials, let's just say, or you've done presentations in the community representing a cause, that might, again, thematically be sought in a lot of nonprofit positions. And then lastly, you know, what experience do you have with nonprofits? A lot of people call me with an idealistic sense that they'd love to work at a nonprofit. They say, Marcia, I'd love to work at a nonprofit. I get calls every week from people who would love to work at a nonprofit. You know, one of my first questions is tell me about what you've done in a nonprofit. And people say, well, I've been so busy these last 30 years working uh, in my job, I just haven't had time to volunteer at a nonprofit. Well, you can imagine that zero experience doesn't serve anybody well, right? Um, I will say that nonprofits deserve to hire fully qualified candidates, the same as any other organization. Nonprofit organizations deserve to hire fully qualified candidates, the same as any other organization. And fully qualified almost never equates to zero experience. So someone who said, I've never volunteered, I don't do anything in my community, I really haven't been associated with a nonprofit, I'm not a donor, I'm not attending events, I'm not supporting, uh, won't go in from a position of strength. My advice to those folks is start now. You're not gonna get a job at a nonprofit today, but you can start now. You can start to think about where do I obtain significant volunteerism, maybe a once a week type of volunteerism so I get some depth of experience. Are there boards that I could serve on? Are there committees I can get on as quickly as possible? How can I gain nonprofit experience? How can I gain nonprofit credentials, such as maybe some online uh, certificates? There are some online universities, Capella University for one, Walden University, some others that offer certificates in nonprofit administration. And that might be a credential that counts for something. And so start now on a two or three year journey to be ready for a nonprofit if I'm really starting from scratch. If after all of that, you say, you know what, Marcia, uh, I've done some volunteering and I do have a certain sense that certain parts of the nonprofit world are really calling to me. And I do have some knowledge that I think really relates. And I think I've got some of these various other uh, attributes and skills. I would uh, say that uh, 
you know, there's a good chance that some of that might resonate well within the nonprofit sector. And I say, fantastic. Those are some of the things that across the board, nonprofits do want. But let's talk about what across the board nonprofits don't want. And this is often what stops up qualify, otherwise qualified people from getting into the sector. <clears throat> so let's talk about that. The first thing that nonprofits don't want, and I can tell you my perspective uh, before I answer that question, uh, comes from 10 years or more of sitting in the back of the room watching candidates come in to interview with my nonprofit clients. I mentioned that uh, for many years I practiced in executive search and we recruit typically heads of nonprofits, the YMCA, Big Brothers Big Sisters, the Better Business Bureau, Ronald McDonald House, a Cancer Society, whatever the case might be, we are recruiting for those uh, leadership positions. And when there are candidates coming in for interviews that we have found, uh, and the client might be a group of board members who are interviewing those candidates, I'm sitting in the corner, uh, quiet as a mouse, uh, observing as my candidates come in, I introduce the candidate, I start the discussion, and then I go to my corner and I observe. And when the candidate leaves, I hear what the interviewers say. And I hear what they don't want, and I hear what doesn't resonate well. So I'm going to confide in you uh, what not to say, because this is what nonprofits don't want. <clears throat> the first thing is an attitude of superiority. A lot of well-meaning people in business will say, I'd like to get into a nonprofit because I'd like to bring them best practices. I'd like to get into a nonprofit and show them how it's done. Let me tell you that nonprofits don't want to be treated like the B squad. Nonprofits are often more complex than for-profits. They often have more revenue streams, more programs. Grant making makes it very, very complex. They do not want an attitude of superiority from candidates. So if the idea is I've learned so much that I know best practices and I'm gonna come in and teach you how it is, uh, scrap that right now. That is never well received. The other thing that nonprofits, another thing that nonprofits don't want is a sense that your interest is just a hedge against finding a corporate job. If you're in a job transition and you're frustrated, months are going by um, and you think, shoot, you know, I'll increase my odds if in, in addition to keeping all of my corporate job search strategies open, let's tack on nonprofits. Can't hurt, right? Uh, nonprofits will sniff that out. And if you say to a nonprofit organization, um, you know, I'm really more interested in finding a corporate job, but I, um, you know, I'm going to keep this open just in case, or I'd really like to keep a corporate door open, but 
you know, maybe a nonprofit as a as a backup, that will never fly. That is never well received. Nonprofits, like any organization, you know, you wouldn't go into an organization if you um, have worked in the plastics industry for many years and you say, you know what, I've got 30 years of research and development in the plastics industry, but you know, I've also started looking at some other things. I've started looking at um, professional services or I, you know, I, my, my spouse has a side business. I, I might go over there and my, my neighbor's doing a startup uh, kind of in their garage right now, but I, I might go over there and get involved in that. That waters down your interest level and you, you want to appear that you've been thoughtful about your discernment this is where you seek to be, and here are the reasons. So not a hedge against finding a corporate job. Uh, the other thing that nonprofits don't appreciate is a vibe that you're interested in a nonprofit job because you would like to slow down. And a lot of corporate folks say, you know what, I've worked so hard in my corporate career. I've traveled, I've worked 60 hours a week, oh man, I just want to slow down. And so I'd like to get a job at a nonprofit. Let me tell you that you will never work harder in your life if you get a job at a nonprofit. And I'm not saying that from my perspective, I'm saying that from the perspective of every corporate person I know who I've ever placed at a nonprofit or who has ever moved from corporate to nonprofit and given me feedback, they said, Marcia, I have never worked harder in my life. I love it, but I've never worked harder in my life. So the idea that I'm ready to slow down won't be an appreciated posture, and it won't be true. You won't be able to likely slow down. Um, so the idea that you know I've been working so hard all these years and nonprofit would be a reward to me um, won't be language that's very useful. The other thing, and, and this one is a, a, a bit nuanced, is many people, when when asked uh, in an interview, let's just say, or you know, uh, by the nonprofit leadership, why would you be interested in moving into the nonprofit sector full time? Uh, people talk about, you know, because I want to give back. I'm at a point in my life where I want to feel good about what I do. Uh, I want to serve a mission. Uh, I want to go home at the end of the day and I, I want to feel good. I want to, when I tell people what I do, I want to feel good about that. You hear all the eyes in that answer. The vague answer, I want to give back, is usually not well received. Uh, because let's face it, if you are interviewing for a job at a nonprofit, Every other candidate wants to give back too. Every other candidate is mission driven too, right? In, anyone who is putting forward their interest in working as a director of operations at a, a local zoo or working at a local nature conservancy or working at a local boys and girls club all are mission-driven people. All of them want to give back. So it certainly doesn't separate you from any other candidate. Uh, you can probably do better than that. You can probably say, you know what? Um, camps and the outdoors were pivotal to me growing up. 
and I had a number of physical challenges. And when I was outdoors, I felt free. I felt that was a place that I could learn. It was a place where I made lifelong friendships. And so that's why I am interested in being associated with the YMCA camps. You can say when I was younger, Boys and Girls Clubs was a place in our community that was looked to as a place of growth, a place of development, a place of welcome. Uh, it was a place that I went with my friends when home was not safe for me. Um, and therefore, that makes me want to give back to youth development programs. So you can hear the specificity is a richer answer than I want to give back, which is sort of like about me, right? As opposed to here's how my lived experience could show up for others. And here's how that has turned into passion. Um, the last thing I would say about what nonprofits are not looking for is uh, they are not looking for candidates to tell them what they need. And, and this happens a lot. A, a corporate candidate shows up at a nonprofit and says, uh, you need to hire someone who comes out of corporate marketing because you need to do better branding. And I'm the branding expert. Or they don't need someone to say, I'm a VP of sales. And, you know, let's just face it, fundraising is selling. So my background would be just perfect. Uh, they don't need you to tell them what is transferable and what isn't. And they don't need the candidate to tell them what they need. I mean, that's true on any job, um, corporate or any other sector. Uh, candidates, it's, it's never... Um, it never reflects well when a candidate tells the hiring entity what they should or shouldn't be looking for, but it certainly doesn't play out well at a nonprofit. So I would say we've talked about a few things that nonprofits do want, connections to community, deep experiences with diversity, equity, and inclusion, thought leadership, content expertise, uh, Revenue generation, we've talked about some of the things nonprofits don't want. Um, and I, I did earlier say nonprofits deserve to hire fully qualified candidates. So when you think about yourself as a potential candidate for a nonprofit, you've thought about where you've already been a volunteer. I always tell people, start with your inner circle. Where are you already a volunteer? Where are you on the board already? Uh, what has touched your family? Does your family have lived experience with Alzheimer's disease, cancer, childhood diseases, adoption, um, international travel? You know, what, what is in your inner circle for you and your lived experience? Those are some things that you would bring to the table. There are some things that can be very transferable. Leadership. Do you oversee a staff of 30 people? Leading 30 people in a business is probably very similar to leading 30 people at a nonprofit in some ways. Um, the 30 people at a nonprofit might be 30 people who work 
24-7 in group homes. Uh, and you might lead a, a group of IT professionals that work you know, traditional business hours. Um, but still, you can see that leadership does transfer. And if I've got a sophisticated leadership style that is well-received in my organization, that will likely have value at a nonprofit as well. Do I participate in strategic planning? Nonprofit organizations, for the most part, are going to be way, 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 way smaller than a lot of businesses. And so a lot of people in business aren't involved in strategic planning that might take place at the board or C-suite level of their organization. Uh, but if you have, if you've been involved in strategic planning at your organization or on a board, that has great value. Uh, at a nonprofit, and it might be rather transferable. Um, similarly, do you run programs? Do you run operations? Do you have uh, experience with quality measures uh, and those types of things? That too can be uh, more transferable um, than many other uh, attributes. If you work as a support uh, type of professional, such as human resources, or finance, or perhaps communications, those also tend to be more transferable into a nonprofit. So uh, based on all of that, uh, you've said, okay, Marcia, things look pretty interesting. And I think I uh, still remain um, quite hopeful that the nonprofit sector might be for me. Let's talk a little bit about how to get hired in a nonprofit. The, the first thing we're going to want to do is to have my resume uh, at the ready. I'm sure you've all been working on your resume and cover letter. Uh, if you are seeking a position at a nonprofit, I am not a big fan of having five different resume versions for different sectors and different job families. I think your background is what it is. Um, however, I do think that you will want to assure that you have every scrap of nonprofit experience on your resume. Uh, if in your current position, you work with your corporation's um, foundation, include that. You're the organization's, uh, one year you were the organization's uh, contact to the United Way campaign, add that. You run a group for mentoring young women in your organization, add that. Uh, so make sure that your resume is inclusive of anything that you've done in the nonprofit sector. Similarly, so should your LinkedIn. I mean, your LinkedIn and your resume should really be mirror images of each other, but all of your uh, nonprofit should also be on your LinkedIn. Um, you know, also thinking about cover letters when you apply for things, you know, very few jobs are landed through applications online, very small percent. Um, so I don't put a lot of stock in having fancy flowery cover letters and, and whatnot, because you're 80 more or more percent likely to get your next job through your network anyway. But be that as it may, when you do have an opportunity to apply, uh, make sure that your cover letter is targeted to why that particular nonprofit is um, of interest to you, of appeal to you, of connection to you. If you're coming out of corporate into a nonprofit, the biggest question that you'll face is the why. You know, why is Marcia interested in coming over to the nonprofit uh, world and running a small literary organization after 
25 years in executive search. The big why, the cover letter can help answer that. Um, and also, as mentioned, uh, highlighting the transferable skills, either with bolded words or italicized words uh, and things like that. How does a person go about searching for nonprofit positions? Uh, well, a couple of things. You know, the, the two that are the least likely to land you your job at a nonprofit are also the quickest, quickest and easiest. Uh, in the geography where you live, are there any search firms, are there any executive search firms that typically work on the nonprofit jobs? Are there uh, recruiters who tend to have a specialty in the nonprofit sector? If you can find out who those recruiters are and send them a copy of your resume and uh, an email saying, I've discerned um, that moving into the nonprofit sector is of interest to me. Here are some bullets of highlights from my background that I think might be relevant. Uh, I would be very grateful to talk about any of your open opportunities attached as my resume. You know, cut and paste that, bing, 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 bing. You've got, you found five search firms that are relevant in your geography. You send your resume, maybe you'll hear back at the, you'll be in their database if, if something comes up. So that's recruiters. I mean, you could be done in an hour with that. Secondly, would be online, uh, applying for jobs online. That's, the, that's always a long shot in the extreme, uh, especially since you're not there to sit next to the person looking at your resume and talk about how your skills are transferable. So, what I say about uh, online is, you know, take a half an hour a week, every Friday, look on the online postings. If you live in a geography, is there a statewide nonprofit association? There is in my state um, where virtually every nonprofit job is listed on my state's nonprofit association, and you can search for the types of jobs you're looking for uh, quite easily. And so every week, I might take a little time to look at the postings for the nonprofits uh, that might have come up. And for those that I appear to be a potential fit, I might send a resume um, and a letter Again, I'm not there to explain how my job is transferable. Uh, I'm gonna, it's gonna be very hard for me to be selected because fully qualified people are already also probably applying for that job. But it's a way for me to sort of see what's out there and see the job titles and see how they are described. So there's sort of a intel uh, that I think a person gets from postings uh, as well. But most all of us, statistically speaking, year after year after decade after decade, uh, the statistics are that I'm well over 80% likely to uh, land my next job through my network. So who do I know that I might uh, ping to talk a little bit about my interest in the nonprofit sector? And the one thing I'm never gonna ask for in those networking conversations is a job. I'm not saying, do you have a job for me? What I'm seeking is wisdom, and everybody has wisdom and loves to share it. And in the process of seeking wisdom, jobs will come. If I 
go out to my network and I ask people for jobs, number one, nobody ever has a job at that moment. Um, and asking them for a job at that moment makes them squeamish and uncomfortable. Um, stick with asking for wisdom. You know, Marcia, you served on the board of the Red Cross for many years. I have a long background, as you know, in uh, corporate marketing. And I've, I've been a longtime volunteer in the area of disaster relief and recovery. And I'm kind of thinking about whether my background might fit in the nonprofit sector. And I kind of wanted to get your wisdom about how you could see my background plugging in. I mean, I think that's kind of the operative question of your networking is where might you see me plugging in and listening to your network say, oh, well, I know of several advocacy organizations. I know of several, several organizations that are think tanks. I know of several organizations that are doing direct service work. You say you want to work with women and children. Oh, well, here are the ones that I know of that are doing interesting things. Here are the ones that I know of that are growing. So your network is really going to be the place where you will likely land a position in the nonprofit nonprofit sector. Because, you know, think about it. If I apply for a job online <clears throat> and I said my resume uh, you know, with HR background, followed by 25 years of executive search and, you know, 30 other people apply for that job and they don't see anything connected to the job to which I've applied. I'm not going to get an interview, you know, out of those 30, they're going to pick the top six, maybe to start with the telephone screen. I'm not going to be in that top six. Uh, but if I'm networking with someone and I say, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about moving into a nonprofit sector and the areas of passion for me and my family. Uh, you know, I've run a small business. I do some fundraising on the boards that I'm in. My, I'm touched by the uh, topic personally of adoption and blah, blah, blah. And the person says, oh, you know what? I am on the board of an agency. The executive director, nobody knows this yet, um, unfortunately has had to step down to, due to health. And we're seeking an interim person to come in for six months, and hopefully the person could stay on as permanent. Would you mind if I brought your resume to our next executive committee meeting? We're we're in a pickle because our person is leaving in a week. You bet. And all of a sudden, I am a pool of one, and someone's vouching for me. So that's why networking is so very important. Uh, and I've written about that in, in a separate book uh, about networking. In, in short meetings, right? Short meetings where we seek wisdom. Um, I think that that has particular importance about moving into the nonprofit sector as well. Um, thinking about interviewing for a uh, nonprofit position is, is a bit nuanced as well. Um, I'm gonna wanna go into that interview prepared and humble. And I think one of the things that I tell any candidate to do before any job interview particularly holds true for someone moving from a for-profit sector into a nonprofit sector. And that is I tell people to take the take the job description or the position profile before the interview uh, and, and look through the requirements. And for each of those requirements, jot down a couple of bullets of how your background connects with that requirement. 
So the left-hand column is a list of the top requirements. The middle column is some bullets of how your background touches those requirements. And the third column might be any commentary or added information that you might have, such as maybe a job requirement might be raises a million dollars a year. And in the middle, it might be uh, your sales, five years of sales experience, uh, lots of connections in my Rolodex, uh, attended sales training school. And in the third column, it might be you know, salesperson of the year, uh, active volunteer in fundraising at my kid's school, uh, you know, some of those nuanced things. People tell me I'm a born fundraiser, you know, those types of nuanced things. And then when you look at each one of those criteria, rate yourself high, medium, or low. And the only requirement is that at least one thing must be rated high and at least one thing must be rated low. And I say that for everyone. If, if you're interviewing for a job that's identical to the job that you've had the last 10 years, you could walk in, you are gonna be super successful from day one. I would still require that you rate yourself low on one of those attributes because there's something to be said for humility there is something to be said for introspective thought and saying in an interview, you know, that's an area that I, I don't have. Um, you know, for many of us going into nonprofit fundraising might be an area that we don't have. And um, when I don't rate myself low, I can sometimes go into that interview with the idea of persuasion with the idea of forcefulness. And I'm gonna come across as aggressive. I'm gonna come across as overly forceful. I'm gonna sometimes come across as a less strong listener, as opposed to knowing myself, being strong in myself. I've got a lot of great attributes, but you know what? I have not to date done fundraising in the same way that a nonprofit does fundraising. And I did have a CEO once. I, I placed a corporate leader as the CEO of an organization with housing for individuals uh, with disabilities. And he had a lot of experience with staff management and strategic planning. And he had a lot of background managing a $30 million budget. And he had strong background in the community and external relations and partnerships. Uh, all of those kinds of things were strengths that he brought to the table. And in his interview, he said, I have not done fundraising in the same way that a nonprofit does fundraising. I know there are some nuances. I've certainly been on boards and I've certainly been a volunteer, but I am well aware that uh, Indiana University offers a course called Fundraising for New Nonprofit Presidents. And I would be happy to get myself there on my own expense as fast as I possibly could to learn those specific nuances. I would also lean on board members to make some introductions perhaps to major donors and work really closely with the development team here within the organization. That was a really powerful answer. And, and frankly, I think the humility to say, uh, this is an area that would be new for me. You know, I've, I've been really active in the uh, I've, I've been really active in the trade association field 
here in Colorado, um, but moving to Minnesota where the laws are somewhat different in the um, Architects Institute trade association field, I would need to learn those new laws. I would need to learn uh, what specifically relates to our members here in this geography. So I think having the confidence to say where I'm not as strong actually shows more leadership than the persuasion to try to sort of obfuscate or worse yet, uh, fall into telling the nonprofit what they need. You know, you really don't need to know that anyway. Uh, so those are good ways to think about the interview, coming in with both confidence, a knowledge of yourself, and a humility around where you might need assistance, honors the nonprofit position. And, and I, the last thing that I, um, I talk about in the book, and, and it's a significant component, is I talk about 10 ways to make the jump into a nonprofit that are not a full-time job with benefits. If I am seeking a position at a nonprofit because I truly want to spend the next X number of years doing mission-driven work, if I am in a position where I don't need to work, that doesn't apply to all of us, but it might apply to some, uh, maybe taking a full-time job with benefits at a nonprofit isn't the best way for me to serve knowing that I might be one of the lesser qualified candidates who needs the most training. Maybe there are other ways to serve the nonprofit sector. And I talk about 10 different ways. Uh, for example, maybe I take all of my expertise that I've developed all these years as a risk management professional, and I help organizations look at their risk management portfolio as a consultant. And I do that at a deeply discounted rate. I help the organization decorate their offices, again, at a discounted rate. And maybe I'm a consultant to the nonprofit sector where I gain expertise in, the in serving that sector, but my fees are such that they are affordable for nonprofits. The other thing I might do is I might take on interim assignments and never land a full-time job with benefits. I might help an organization plug in when a person needs to leave for a maternity leave for a couple of months. Maybe I help an organization when they're in a real pickle because their chief financial officer uh, has a family crisis and needs six weeks out of the office. So maybe I look at interim work and I can tell you from my experience, there is a grave shortage of leaders who are willing to come into nonprofits and plug in on a project basis or a short-term basis. But I spend the last portion of the book talking about 10 different ways that I could be mission-driven, do great work, make an impact that is not competing for full-time jobs. I think the last thing I would say is that this truly is a journey. And today we're talking about the very beginning part of the journey, noodling and thinking and planning and discerning. And 
The rest of the journey includes other people that we know, our network who helps answer the question, where might I plug in? How could you see my background in a nonprofit sector? Asking, learning, maybe taking my resume and modifying it a smidge, maybe applying for some positions and seeing what it feels like to uh, get calls and interviews and have conversations and continuing to learn uh, throughout that whole process. But in any case, you're here today because you are thoughtful, because you have a concern for our world, for our environment, for fellow, fellow human beings, and I honor that. Uh, before I wrap up, I, I would say a uh, final thing. One is that uh, it was mentioned that uh, my most recent book is called Make the Jump. I'm going to reach over and grab it quick. It's called Make the Jump, Reinvent Your Career in the Nonprofit Sector. One of the things that uh, is very, very useful is uh, feedback and input from readers of books when they first come out. And this book is uh, has come out just in the last uh, few months. So I would say two things. Number one, I would love it um, if this is of particular interest to you and if you think to yourself, um, I would love to explore this with Marsha. I've got a unique question or I've got some depth that I'd like to uh, have a deeper dive with her or I'd like her to re reflect with me on my situation or my interests. I'd love to do that. And um, no charge, of course, but if you purchase the book on Amazon and if you leave an Amazon review, which is incredibly helpful uh, for books when they first get launched, uh, is to get Amazon reviews, I would be very happy to schedule an individual conversation with you. So if you read the book and leave me an Amazon review, um, connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a message and I would be happy to set up a time to talk with you personally. If you don't uh, think that this is of interest to you or you're not quite sure, you don't read very much or whatever, you can still link with me on LinkedIn. And I value uh, being connected with folks on LinkedIn. My my firm and my business partner and I post things frequently about the nonprofit sector and about getting jobs in the nonprofit sector. So I do welcome you to link with me uh, regardless on LinkedIn to stay in touch with me in that regard. So with that, I will wrap up and wish you the very best in your job transition.